album is so addictive. Man, bump this
Welcome to the Te Aprecio Show. This is Melly G hanging with you. It's Monday, May 1st, 2nd, 2016. And we're going to be in Sweet Philly today. All regional hip-hop and R&B. All in your ways So you can sleep at night All in your ways So you can wake up Yeah, but I could soon be 
know, but sometimes you ask yourself, where's the peace? Everybody always talking about peace, but as long as you find peace in what you're doing, then you're successful. And that's what people don't realize. So you got to do stuff to where you can go to sleep at night. Because the glory is, is, is in you. Hello, hello. Thanks for listening. This is the Te Precio Show. My name is Melly G, and we are doing a special um, show for you today. Uh, so, you know, usually the Te Precio Show, we do regional R&B. Oh, my God, this thing is hilarious. Regional R&B where we focus on a certain place and pull from all the music and artists that are from there. Um, over the weekend, Kashif uh, passed away, who is a... Um, writer, producer, artist himself, um, who, yeah, he was 59, super young, and all the sweater funk people, they're all pretty devastated. And he's just one of those kind of like fly under the radar dudes that is a big part of um, a lot of the music and sounds that we're super familiar with. Um, and also Solange debuted her new album, and uh we're listening to Master P make him say uh, in the background because he was the voice of the last little interlude um, that we listened to. Sometimes you ask yourself, where's the peace? Everybody always talking about peace, but as long as you find peace in what you're doing, then you're successful. And that's what people don't realize. So you got to do stuff to where you can go to sleep at night because the glory is, is, is in you. That's Master P. <laughs> I love it so much, like, you know, brought Master P in as, you know, he's like a huge part of her new album. Um, and I also have a special guest in uh, the studio. Say hello, everybody. Hey, this is so exciting. <laughs> I have my homie Dwayne in the studio. and he, he, hey, He's a huge uh, Solange advocate and advocate for her. Um, and yeah, what, what are, what's your... Like, how'd you start liking Solange and, and yeah? Uh, you know, I started liking Solange as an extension of being a gigantic Beyonce fan. <laughs> uh, when she dropped her first album, Solange and the Hadley Street mm -hmm. Dreams, mm -hmm. it was it was like a throwback to like 60s and I was like, oh, this is really fun. And then you and I went to her concert and she brushed past my thigh. She did. And that was the moment. <laughs> that was the moment that sealed the deal. Oh my god! It was a love at first Solange from that point on. Uh, but that was a dope show. That was Solange and Estelle at uh, the mezzanine. I remember that. Yeah, it was great. And you know, Solange gives you. She's like the perfect compliment to Beyonce. How so? They are. Beyonce is like bombastic, and she gives you movement and action and entertainment. And Solange does the same, but hers is more, her music tends to be more atmospheric. And intimate, I think. And intimate. So where you're like totally in the, in the like scene with Beyonce, you're like, yes, she's going there. With Solange, you feel like you're actually at that place with her. Mm. <laughs> and she's taking you there. And she's like, oh, okay, let's just hang out and like do this for a minute. Yeah. It's more, it's more comfortable. I think she's had per perhaps a little bit more, uh, creative freedom because she's not that like juggernaut that iconic person always in the front row you know always in the front of like the, always in the spotlight yeah so she gets to do this kind of and when you see her her new album you actually get that you see a person who's had like a lot of space to cultivate what they like visually and musically uh, and it's like a singular vision that doesn't involve any of the 
any of like the big production that's normally associated with like an artist who's trying to achieve like pop pop stardom and I don't even know if I consider Solange a pop artist. I think her first album was poppy. Yeah, but you know, with the with the last album, True, the EP, mm. she sort of started to take a different direction, and I think this is going in a different direction where it's not for everybody. Yeah, but the people that it's for, it's so good. It's definitely for like herself and for a specific group of people. Black women. Black women. <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. black women, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's like a. It's a nod to like, you know, 60s, 70s artists who are speaking like Nina Simone and Marvin Gaye, like who are speaking to us like a specific group of people like black folks, you know, just because it's not it's like their their creative expression and their kind of social commentary. But it's it is always a little bit of like a a moment where you see really popular people and artists kind of not making something for everybody. Like everyone can listen to it, of course, and take something from it, but like to not really be a yeah. part of that target. Yeah, that's true. But I also, it's funny because it reminds me of um, when I listen to her music, It's uh, it reminds me of like being at home because I grew up in a house full of black women. And so that space feels so familiar for me. It's like, it's so comforting, even though it's talking specifically to, not specifically, but it's, it's it's acknowledging and saying, hey, this is beautiful to like black women. But to hear that conversation as a black man, it just feels really familiar. Like, okay, this is a safe space that that feels like like home. Who are the women in your life that you grew up with? Aunt Granny, Aunt Alice, Aunt Mickey, Aunt Janet, <laughs> Shout my out. sister Dorian. Oh, Dorian <laughs> just got married. At least he that is Dorian. Hey. <laughs> uh, granny, Granny, all the Tia's. Granny, yeah. All the Tia's on deck. The original Beyonce fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is your grandma called Beyonce? Beyonce, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is, I absolutely adore her just for that, for that very reason. Well, uh, I know this, this, this album is, uh, is all, I mean, it's super pretty. <laughs> and lo- looking at, I think one thing that Solange does, not to say really well, but with her last album, once I listened to that and then I discovered Blood Orange, like right after that, I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like, you know, probably because he, everyone's like, oh, well, Blood Orange produced that album or helped her write it or wrote a lot of the music for it. And then listening to his music, I mean, it's it's sincerely his music in the true you know, Solange's yeah. true album. But what I think she does really well is kind of, she really pulls from her creative pool of friends, yeah. you know, and she's not, necess- not necessarily like appropriating it, but more of like, hey, let's, uh, like as an arts collective, yeah. you, well, know? you know? What, what she does so well is, um, you know, other artists have a big budget and you can tell that budget is going into visual productions. What beyond, I mean, what, what Solange has is good taste. She uh, has yeah. good visual taste. She has good musical taste and she knows what to surround herself with. And so when you are like in your Solange moment, you are, you are also being exposed to so much that you don't know about because she has so many references that aren't necessarily immediate. Um, and she sort of distills that through her own vision, which I think is so cool. So the album is new, but it's really exciting to sort of be able to pull back the layers and see what is underneath all there. Because it feels like there's a lot that I haven't had a chance to look at. But I do love 
that all of the visuals um, are her and her man, Alan Ferguson. Mm. He they did. Um, he did her music videos. He did the music videos, and she did like the art direction. And I was like, I love this couple that are like, okay, let's go do this. Um, that seems really exciting to me. I will. I will say that. I think you bring up a great point. She does have good taste. She looks so yeah, good in all that. You don't have to have a lot of money. You just got to have good taste. Ooh, <laughs> that is that is going to be the the theme the theme for the rest of 20, 2016. <laughs> and I want to hear more about your thoughts about um, the uh, imagery that's not so immediate that you're starting or willing to unpack. And let's jump into another. Um, song from the new Solange album, A Seat at the Table, which um, I read a really fantastic article um, as like a, um, a survey of this album, and I'll read a couple of those excerpts after this. Um, this is such a pretty song. Cranes in the Sky, you seen this music video, Dwayne? I love this music video. I know, it's so insanely beautiful. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. My name is uh, Melly G, my homie Dwayne in the studio with me. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're just going to be chopping it up, uh, hanging out, listening to Solange's new album, sprinkled with um, the music of some of her creative influencers and collaborators um, from the new album, as well as uh, a uh, shout out to Kashif, who just passed away this weekend. So this is the Te Precio Show. We're broadcasting live. From San Francisco, California, BFF.FM Studios. And if you'd like to pay t- listen to a little bit more of our off-air commentary, follow my Instagram stories at MellyG14K. That's M-E-L-L-Y-G-14K.
got to run it away Thought in my head be feeling clearer, clearer. I travel 70 states Thought moving around make me feel better I tried to let go my lover Thought if I was alone then maybe I could recover To write it away or cry it away Don't you cry baby One of the first. My first day was State Trooper coming, putting me in the back seat of the car, and meeting the other black kids with six of us. And seeing all of those parents and also KKK members uh, having signs and throwing cans at us, spitting at us. We lived in the threat of death every day. Every day. So I was just lost in this vacuum uh, between integration and segregation and, and racism. That was my childhood. I was angry for years. Angry. Very angry. Can't just face it Why you always gotta be so mad? 
about the sand about I used to rock hammer downs and I rock standing crowds But it's hard when you only got fans around and no fam around And if they all then they hands is out and they pointing fingers When I wear this fucking burden on my back like a motherfucking cap and gown Then I walk up in a bank pants sack it down and I laugh at frowns What they mad about? Cause it comes this motherfucker with this mass account That didn't wear a cap and gown Are you mad cause the judge ain't give me more time And when I took the suicide I didn't die I remember how mad I was on that day Man you gotta let it go before I get up in the way Let it go, let it go Listening to Solange Mad with Lil Wayne, um, otra vez in the background. Um, Twain and I have just been talking about all kinds of stuff like we usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, switching welcome gears, <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to just Dwayne and I hanging out. Um, in the background, we have uh, Blood Orange, instantly blank, one of Solange's frequent collaborators. And also um, a collaborator on, or a contributor rather, um, to this record. Who, this record was um, co-produced with one of my favorite Bay Area papitos, Rafael Sadiq. And we definitely have some of his tracks um, to play um, during this hour, but but yeah. We also saw him together too. Did we? At the Fillmore. Oh. We're taking it way back. Oh, my God. Raphael Sadiq, who, if you guys don't know, is one of the founding members of Lucy Pearl and Tony, 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 or Tony, 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 whatever, and Raphael Sadiq proper. Um, he's amazing. He's dated Jastone. I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> I love him. He's just like, he's like 
cut from the same cloth as like D'Angelo and just sincere R&B. And I just absolutely adore him. I'm guaranteed that's where Dev Hines gets a lot of his spirit. Um, what does a seat at the table mean to you, Dwayne? That's what Solange's album is called, A Seat at the Table. What is, what is, what, what does that mean to you? Like having initially heard it or learned that that was the title of her album and then also um, listening to it. What do you pull from that? Um, well, you know, when I had just heard that the album was coming out, I ran to the shade room. What's the shade room? <laughs> the shade room on Instagram is where I get all my black news. All my black news. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, but they it's uh, a it's like a culture blog it's a culture of blog, like yeah, yeah like uh, black culture yeah predominantly and um and it's cool but that's an aside but they have a meme posted and it was it said the Knoll sisters want you to have a seat at the table have this glass of lemonade and let me tell you why black is beautiful which i think is so good i mean it's just a picture of them hugging and like dancing um but a seat at the table to me um you know, not to get super dark, but you know, I have and like when you when you read the news and you like read about the election, you read about all of like the things that are happening to black people in general and their interaction with the police, you walk around with like a certain level of anxiety all the time. It's just like sometimes so overwhelming that a seat at the table to me feels like come home and just like sit down and let's let's just relax for a minute and let me hold your hand and say everything's okay and these are the reasons why or this is just a space for you to understand that you know black is beautiful and that you don't have to walk around with that anxiety right now when you're when you're just hanging out with me um also it's got another like parallel meaning i think where you don't especially with that interlude with with tina knowles um, where she also, my favorite collab uh, feature <laughs> on the album. It's called Tina Taught Me. Tina Taught Me. Which I kind of feel like is a nod of like Yeezy Taught Me. Yeah. But but it's just more, yeah, not to her mom, of course. But a seat at the table means that you can come at the table without having to pretend that you're someone else, <clears throat> right? That you can walk like into the honesty. room. Yeah, like that you don't have to assimilate, that you don't have to present yourself in a certain way because you're valid by yourself. So you come in, you have a seat at this table, and you don't have to don't have to hold back anything mm. um to me that's what i'm taking away from this album that's garrick, the message garrick kennedy i follow him on instagram he's the uh, music editor for the la times uh-huh. and i read his review and he he uh his article was like really powerful i don't know it was it was it was written in a very like heartfelt way you know it was like oh wow here he actually gets to be like honest about just society but it talking about Solange's album allowed him to to write this Uh Um, and he said to have a seat at the table is to have power influence access status and privilege and then he said and that's in the context of greater society right he said at home a seat at the table is where we nurture educate grieve laugh celebrate and connect and then he said the two worlds of black existence is kind of like at the core of what this album is about the world at home like a seat at the table at home and a seat at the table in the world yeah um yeah and it's pulled um he closed his article by quoting james foreman who was a civil rights leader uh and he said if we can't have a seat at the table then let's knock the legs off and that's and that's what yeah 
he's pulling, he's circling everything back. Um, yeah. Yeah. And at the very end, he, he just finishes, was like, this is an album that is asking what a lot of us are asking and what you were talking about in terms of like watching presidential race and TV and just like all the super depressing things that are happening and it makes us kind of wonder like where do we go from here and that's what what um Garrick said that's what you're saying and that's what Solange's album is is kind of saying yeah and then to go along with that it's just you know it's like for me it was like kind of what I needed at this moment um because it like just gives me another framework to think about what's happening in the world without anxiety I'm going to this beautiful park with Solange and Allison, Alan Ferguson that they've created and we are just hanging out and it's like again it's like atmospheric it's it's comfortable and I was like she's talking to me but it's not necessarily like aggressive she was like this is what this is just what's happening and we can deal with this and we're gonna get there um, but it's not like um, it's not in my face which is okay the message is up front but the the music isn't aggressive yeah it's just like it's not angry it's not angry it's like we're just gonna we're gonna get there this is gonna happen this is okay um which you know i just needed that right now yeah i think a lot of people are just needing like that kind of like to be able to like let your shoulders rest a little bit and then to be like acknowledged let your hair down yeah yeah (laughs) We're going to talk about your hair in a little bit. <laughs> um, I want to jump into one of Dwayne's and uh, I think a, a lot of our personal favorites. This is one of the uh, Solange interludes called Tina Taught Me. Part of it is accepting that is so much beauty and being black. And that's the thing that I guess I get emotional about because I've always known that. I've always been proud to be black. Never wanted to be nothing else. Loved everything about it. Just it's such beauty in, in, in black people. And it really saddens me when we're not allowed to express that pride in being black. And that if you do, then it's considered anti-white. No, you just pro-black and that's okay. The two don't go together because you celebrate black culture does not mean that you don't like white culture or that you're putting it down. It's just taking pride in it. But what's irritating is when somebody says, you know, they, they're racist. That's reverse racism. Or they have a Black History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. So why are you mad at that? Why does that make you angry? That is to suppress me and to make me not be proud. How about the possibility of you and I? Lady, can we try? Lady, say you with it. If you're not with it, then excuse me. Can't make you stay. If you wanna go, sugar, I can't make you love me. If your heart says no, but there's one thing I'm certain of, and I know it's true. Place. Your show looks good to me with your straight hair, I praise. Can't 
Can I get my mama's ways? How about the possibility of you and I? Lady, can we try? Lady, say you with it. If you're not with it, then it excuse me. The first time I saw your thighs, that's when I realized my heart is skipped a beat. I can't seem to make you see. I tried everything in my book. I'm laughing because you won't even look. Gotta stop wasting my time So excuse me please Can't make you stay If you wanna go Sugar I can't make you love me If your heart says no But there's one thing I'm certain of And I know it's true Can't nobody love you like I do Like I do I'ma, I'ma, I'ma try this one more time You look like virgin eyes one here might be true And here's a few clues for you I, I wanna be married but free I gotta let the drama miss me Can this apple fit on your tree? If not, excuse me, please Hey, excuse me, please Your show looks good to me With your straight hair or praise Can I get my mama's ways? How about the possibility of you and I? Lady, can we try? Lady, say you with it. If you're not with it, then it excuse me. Make you stay. If you wanna go, sugar, I can't make you love me. If your heart says no, but there's one thing I'm certain of, and I know it's true.
Sound. They don't understand 
baby. Mama. Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. Raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama, baby. Baby. Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. Raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama, baby. Baby. Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. Raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama, baby. I my life as a thug. Roll with some killers, slang crack to some dope fiends. Ride with some drug dealers, find me in the third wall. Put it all nighters, keep a tech now. Cock for any nigga that don't like up your soldier rag, give you rowdy. I represent a million motherfuckers that's body. Mama could control my destiny as a street thug. Find me in the range, rolling by, slanging street drugs. Even though this ghetto got me crazy, every time I go to jail, mama get me out cause I'm a baby. Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. Raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama baby. Baby. Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama baby. Baby. I'm a gangster, located in the alleys in Cali Shoot dice with killers, and smoke with the dealers You can't tell me shit about them streets, homie I done seen it and done it, then lived the real from the phonies Out for this money, homies maintain their composure Since kids on the corner selling dope by the boulders Now I'm a scolder motherfucker for the chips When I dip the trip on GP, straight for DP Flip the script, it's a trip, how my mama raised me Pops wasn't home, left us all alone Wasn't no thing cause my mama got game She showed me everything except how to be a man I understand, for all the streets and the jail time I caught The pain I broke, that wasn't what you taught It's probably Pops fault, how I ended up Gang banging, crack slanging, not giving a fuck Two strikes in my life, a nigga fed up Mama say don't let up, and baby boy keep your head up Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. Raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama, baby, baby. Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. Raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama, baby. Now picture me, a ghetto child running wild. Maybe if a lot of niggas had thought the figures the world wouldn't be like it is now. I made mom proud when you mention me, she smiled. It feels good buying minds a car in the house. And my paw been locked up for ten years. Life was a struggle. Mom shed so many tears That's my baby Got nothing that I love so much The only one Could hurt my feelings When she fussed Mama I love you Cause you brought me here But niggas starting to hate And it's getting dark in here But I remember what you told me And do what you showed me To take it slowly Daddy wasn't home So mama raised me Raised me I'm a thug But still mama baby Baby Daddy wasn't home So mama raised me Raised me I'm a thug But still mama baby Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. Raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama, baby, baby. Daddy wasn't home, so mama raised me. Raised me. I'm a thug, but still mama, baby.
you guys are in the mood, like we're in the mood, talk about all things Solange, Kashif, and Dwayne Swanson, who's sitting with me live here in uh, Secret Alley BFF Studios, um, broadcasting live from San Francisco, California. Thanks for joining uh, us. My name is Melia G, and we're talking about taking a seat at the table. Solange just debuted her new album on Thursday evening. Um, to which made a big splash in my social circle. Uh, I think I got like a couple texts with the, the link to iTunes. Like, you heard about this? I'm like, yes, I've heard about it. I'm at work right now. Thank you. Looking forward to listening to it. But you know, this album takes like a similar, um, it's like a lot of artists are, have been taking this nod of like just creating albums that are slower more sensual and also definitely more um of the time you know like d'angelo released his album early um chance the rapper's album i also think is like really focused and you know and is like less radio friendly you know Mm -hmm. like it's great to it's really empowering to kind of see artists like be true to their craft and use their celebrity almost as like a platform for social commentary i don't know but anyways just you know Dwayne's back in the city i'm so happy because he's been traveling the world for the past year and he found roots in paris yep. and i and just boo. oh and a boo <laughs> you want to say hello to anybody Dwayne? yeah steven's my boo he's uh, in paris right now listening hi honey i'll see you soon Oh. I love you. Oh. <laughs> I love love. Love is special. Love is great. Love is great. What does it feel like to be in love, Dwayne? Uh, you know what? It just feels easy. Like, I just put on a, a really comfortable pair of pajamas and I am relaxing in bed because that is like the, the peak <laughs> of greatness to me. <laughs> Chill. Pajama life. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. Love, but except, love is pajama life. Except my boo and I, I have a cheese plate in bed because it's great. Because, <laughs> because it's <we're> Paris. <laughs> um, so what was it like living in Paris? Um, well, yeah, what's Paris like? There was, you know, you sent me a text. I went and visited you in Paris. And then like a week later, you sent me a text message that was like, don't worry, everything's okay. I'm okay. And I'm like, what happened? And like Nice had, you know, like a bombing and Par- like flights to Paris were pretty cheap because there was also like you know some kind of bombing in november right so like the city felt kind of like quiet almost you know not really quiet but it felt like a little chill yeah well you came during the time of year where they start their holidays too so it's naturally going to be be a little quiet but then at the same time after the bombings you you it was or after the attacks in nice it was noticeable um the lack of tourists in the city for sure it felt like a little and you know, that whole experience is kind of crazy. I mean, I was traveling for the whole year and a lot of that was bookmarked by like terrorist attacks. I was in West Africa and there had just been attacks in Abidjan right before I landed. And then when I was in France, there were attacks in Nice that this comes on the heels of multiple attacks that had happened before. And so, yeah, it was definitely charged. Um, and you're conscious of that, but you know, Paris is still Paris and it's still beautiful. You walk around the corner and you see that postcard and you're like, 
even in this crazy world, it's still beautiful. So glasses always half full. You can't hold Paris back. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always find really inspiring about New York too. So many things happen in that city, and I just feel like it just makes that city like more tight knit. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's like they're like we're hardcore, <laughs> or yeah. that's what makes it. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm also an interlooper. I was only there for three or four months, and so, like, my experience may not necessarily be the defining experience of what it's like now, but for sure it was, it was, you could feel, you could feel it, but it wasn't, like, immediate for me because I hadn't experienced, like, the attacks before presently, like, there. Yeah. So I didn't have to walk around with that kind of anxiety. So, what, how, how did it feel being in Paris compared, like living in Paris compared to living in the States or in any of the places that you lived. Like where have you, where did you, you were in um, Senegal, you were in Portugal, you're in Paris. Like how did that feel for you and how did that contrast from living in the States? Um, You know, it was, I mean, we've had this conversation before over dinner, um, but you, it was, I have to qualify this. Yeah. Um, Take your time. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just hanging out. You know, when you're not at home, especially when you're not in the States, um, you take a break from being yourself. But, you know, when you're reading the newspaper at home, you're seeing, like, black people being, like, accosted by police. Like, a presidential election that's racially charged. Um, and, you know, you are viewing all of that from a remove. Um, so it seems kind of surreal. Um, but what struck me the most is that I realized how much baggage I walk around with when I'm here in the in the States and how when I was in Paris, they didn't, my blackness had a different definition. Um, with here, it's it's got centuries of being defined by like, you know, what the history of America is. And when you're in France, you don't necessarily walk around with all of that. They see blackness as like cool pop culture um, first, um, and they know of the problems of the United States, but it's not that immediate in your face, right? Um, but that being said, Paris has or France has its own issues with like immigrants and you know the Burkini um, and you know people coming from like fleeing from Syria, coming from from Africa. Like they they have their own struggles, and you know it's not to say that like being brown and and France doesn't come with its own issues, um, but being American and being brown offered like a little bit of a reprieve, like a space where I was not necessarily walking around with all, a lot of definition per se that I would have here. Yeah, you you said that um, like France or Paris, they when they look think about. American culture or the export of American culture it's all hip-hop yeah so they you know kind of like celebrate almost like that kind of iconography or visual you know representation of like the states and yeah I think I've heard of you know how that's like a conflicting um feeling for like Europeans where it's like and I think you've probably said this to me where it's like Oh, here the most important people, uh, cultural people in the states are black and brown and ethnic. Mm-hmm. But the president's black. The president, yeah, like all major players in the in the states are black. Yet we have all of these like 
under under cult you know racial undertones that are starting to bubble up yeah but that's precisely why they're bubbling up because yeah. you know there's a voice that that's a, there's a collective voice that's has more power has more cultural influence that of course you're going to see the tidal wave i um i was listening to a podcast last week and someone wesley morris from the times had a really good analogy where he said you know the election of the president a lot of like black political thought happening in in was like an earthquake that happened like in the ocean and now what you're seeing is sort of like the that tidal wave of a tsunami where like everything just seems like chaotic um and you know all that happened when there was just more of a collective like black black thought and black influence into like popular culture um but to get back to to just to rewind just a little bit about how because I feel, I feel like it's important to... Bring it back. Um, say when I was in Paris and when I say, you know, I didn't walk around with all of that baggage, it's not to say that, like, people people didn't know what was happening. But, you know, to me right now, no one... I don't experience, like, overt racism. Like, no one's going to call me, like, a name to my face and say blah, blah, blah. But it's mostly atmospheric. And so when you walk into a room, you're aware that that like people are aware that you're black um, and here like in san francisco or in the states or you know yeah and just like living here in, in the city yeah and when i was when i walked into a room there um and there in may Paris. not be like a lot of black people in the room but it just there isn't that same consciousness there were just like it just felt like it was it felt so consistent that it became comfortable until i came back home and then i remember what that feeling was like so how do how do you feel that energy change in San Francisco um now now that you've been away and that you've experienced what that's not like you know like what is it like here like what what are some of those cues that you're just like oh my god like everyone is so aware of me right now (laughs) you know it's just besides the fact that you cute (laughs) (laughs) no but it's just like people are the best way to describe it is that when someone talks to me, I was like, oh, when's the last time you talked to a black person? Because you, I've just said like a host of like phrases and sentences. Like what? I don't, I don't know if I have any specifics. Like, it's just like, I'm so in tune to ignoring like the annoying um, and not letting that like sort of penetrate my environment that like I immediately dismiss it as, as fast as possible. Are you like, maybe you are used to, yeah, you just are used to like letting it like pushing under the rug maybe and now they stand out a little bit more is like wait no like i'm actually not cool with what you just said yeah <laughs> and also it was like this is my cute exit stage left yeah and i was like i am i am not here i am i'm not here to school you on how to talk to someone who is brown like yeah. i will if you can't figure this out by 2016 then I am not going to sit here and teach you how to do it, but you should figure it out. <laughs> well, I think that's... But I, I have enough anxiety right now. <laughs> that's probably, you know, we were talking off air um, about, like you you said that Solange's album isn't necessarily saying anything new. And I think that what it's doing is like really celebrating all of those conversations that are constantly happening, but to your social circle that you're familiar with, you know, and to like in an environment that you are comfortable with, or maybe not, maybe there are things that happen that you say to yourself, you know, like when you're out in public and, 
you know, someone like compliments you on something you have no control over, you know, like, like your hair or, you know, oh, you're, <laughs> I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but this has happened to me and I'm not super brown, but when people are like, well, you're really lucky because you're just naturally tan. <laughs> and it's like, you know, so. No, they say that who says, too. Who says that? Like, like who that says that? That's so fucking like, weird. Oh, you don't talk to brown people often, do you? <laughs> Q1. Uh, but, you know, like you said, I think what, I think you're absolutely right. Is that, you know, you and I have these conversations. I have these conversations with other people. I'm sure other people are having the conversations that this album's trying to do with other people. And it's acting as like, it's connecting the dots for the constellation, you know? It's like reinforcing what we're at, what we're, like it's reinforcing the thought, and it's um, it's you know making that the standard for the conversation, you know, and then you you elevate more. Well, um, I don't know if I think a gr- a great example of this, and maybe that ties into. Uh, okay, sorry, not to like switch gears because we're gonna jump into another couple of Solange tracks, but have you seen that show Atlanta? I love that show. Oh, my God. So I just watched a couple episodes, finally. Uh-huh. Um, and I watched the second one where... Um, I was Donald Glover. Broke at the at the bad food station. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so this is when he's t- talking to... Um, talking to the dude that worked at the radio station with him. Mm-hmm. And he, t- like, tells him this story. Or maybe it's the first episode. But he tells him this story, like... I don't know. It was... I think I totally just forgot my my whole point. The point is that show is like really great and it shows how people like say all kinds of wild stuff when they're in an environment that they feel comfortable in, but then when they're in like the greater like social environment, like this white this white uh, DJ who was like, I can't believe this DJ was playing like Flo Rida back to back and then I had to go up to him and I was like, <laughs> and Don Glover's like, why would you say that in front of me? And then the next scene, he's with his like rapper cousin, you know, and you know, people just like, or his cousin's friend and the DJ dude comes up and he's like, yeah. Oh, why don't you tell that story again? He's like, yeah, I went up to that DJ and I was like, dang, really? And he's like, oh, that's not how you said it to me before. You know, I don't know. It's just kind of like calling in how that culture is being just, People don't know what yeah, what they're talking about. This that show is really smart. It's doing a lot of it's calling out a lot of stuff, but it's not throwing it in your face. It's yeah. just like, you know, you're doing this, you need to think about it. Yeah. Which I don't know if a show would like that would have been made before. Like this seems very of the moment to and me. I, and I just saw that movie Kicks, which it takes place in the Bay Area in Richmond and Oakland and it's about this kid who gets his shoes stolen and it seems like, you know, who would it's it's more representative of like getting your shoes stolen. It's about like who, what role you play in your social circle. You know, yeah. you're just like that punk that everyone's like, you can't stand up for yourself, and you know, and, and it shows like a side of the Bay Area that a lot of people don't see. Yeah, and if you're not a part of it, the value that we place on stuff like that, and why we do, and why it's important, and why it's like it's culturally relevant. Yeah, yeah, they, it's awesome. They, uh, I read a review of that of that movie, and they just said that, you know. Uh, because it's mainly a cast of actors who don't have um, who aren't celebrities mm-hmm. and they're like it was really hard to get that movie made you know and find money for it to be made because it doesn't have a lot of celebrity in it and also they didn't think that anybody would go and see a movie that's like just of 
you know, the hood of the oh my area. Gosh, they clearly haven't been uh, chic shoes for a shoe release. Because <laughs> there is a built-in audience. So <laughs> this this is called... So the, um, this interlude from Solange is called Forest Bias. And if you were around in, like, late 90s... FUBU. It's a brand, FUBU. And, like, everyone would just be rocking it. But, like... I wore FUBU. When you finally... Yeah, but, like, it's Forest Bias. Mm-hmm. And that does not mean a lot of the hueras the like me that were... I mean, I didn't wear it, but, you know, maybe you don't know really what that stood for and <laughs> who it was actually made for. Thanks for listening. My name is Melly G. I'm in the studio with my homie, Dwayne. And we're just chopping up, talking about all things Bay Area, cultural, now. And a few things happened over the weekend. Solange dropped her new album. And Kashif passed away. And we're just listening to all of the creatives that surround those two cultural juggernauts. And that is what we're doing. This is the Te Aprecio Show. Thanks for listening. And he offered me a million dollar deal and had the check ready so I wouldn't be able to use my name. I always fight my brother because, man, you should have took the million dollars. Say, no, what do you think I'm worth if this white man offered me a million dollars? I gotta be worth 40 or 50. Or 10 or something to being able to make Forbes and come from the project, you know, top 40 under 40, which they said couldn't be done. Had 20 records on the top billboard at one time for an independent company, black-owned company. You know, going to the white lady house where my grandmother lived at and say, look, you don't have to work here no more, big man. We got more money than the people on St. Charles Street. And I, I took that anger and said, I'm gonna put it into my music. Like I tell you all the time, if you don't understand my record, you don't understand me, so this is not for you. Oh
gonna do? My friends say I'm slipping over you. I wonder how they knew. But I guess I'm home every night. night. I still have visions of you. No other crew will do. She, I just got to kiss you. And I know this can't be the end. We gotta be free from sin. At least we can try. But here's what we gonna do. Cause I understand you. Let's make out just one more time. I, I will wait on you, yeah. you my dear. Shoes, I said get three or four. 
shit, you kept it 100. I told the bartender, keep it coming. You so sweet, I call you swishing. And everything you want, baby, I'ma get you. Last year, we ain't had a Jeep. This year, we fucking on them Louis Sheep. Yeah, I mean what I said on the first one. Not alone, I'm coming with a new one. Yeah, I know. Y'all been waiting for a minute. Yeah, what I do? Keep it no limit. Yeah. G mix. Yup, yup. Oh, baby. Yup, yup. Make you say uh, no limit. Got that masterpiece. No limit, baby. Can get that black car. No limit. Just know when you roll with a nigga like me, there's no limit, baby. More money, more bitches gon' love ya. I got the hookup, it's nothing. I bought the fan and we fuckin'. I told a friend that we wasn't. I told a man that we cousin. Hey, I made this remix for us. Did it for travelers and hustle. I gave the game to my youngsters. I showed them how to get paid, but we taking trips to Jamaica. I met body body since body body. Bad bitches gon' come about it. We ain't even gotta talk about it. No limit, boys, get riding, riding. Shout it bad, I won't try that. Say she want it, I'ma buy that. All this ice, get them panties wet. Uh, Right. Yeah. With this one and that one 
on a white one, a black one. I been there, done that, and I ain't need none. With these hoes, I ain't on shit anyway. And at the end of the day, man, I don't even want that. I looked up, then I fucked up, and we broke up. Then we made up, but I got locked back. But it ain't how you fall, it's how you get right back. I'm a one man army, and my bitch my back. Just sit those pull those dips and push ups. Think about the one who kept it trolling. That's my chick, she kept it rolling. None of these hoes ain't fucking with her. You my private soldier, mama. Can I call you Mia? It truly ain't no limit, baby, and I can't wait to see ya. Everything you think you want, no, I can't wait to give. Lay your rock solid foundation, babe, cause I just wanna build. Your wildest dreams and fantasies, the way that you should live. Master P with golden ceilings, babe, and diamond chandelier. You say, uh, no limit. Got that masterpiece. No limit, baby. Can you get that black car? No limit. Just know when you roll with a nigga like me, there's no limit, baby. Make you say, uh, no limit. I see murder, murder, that. No limit, baby. Get that ghetto D, girl. No limit. Just know when you roll with a nigga like me. So, those were a couple uh, masterpiece songs. Welcome back. This is Melly G here. Hanging with you. I'm in the studio with my homie, uh, Dwayne. No limits. <laughs> we got no <laughs> limits to today's conversations. Um, this is what I'd like to call uh, S by SM. <laughs> South by South Mission. <laughs> South San Francisco. Because uh, I feel like everyone that I know in New York is at the White House for South by South Lawn, which I don't really know what they're talking about. Yeah, talking about all kinds of stuff. There. Yeah. Dwayne has a good friend that's talking there. Um, so I just thought I would give a shout out South by South M. Amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna miss the Obamas. I am not ready. Oh, I know. I just saw like a New York Times um, photo uh, essay about the last eight years in the White House, and it's just like the Obamas and the girls, Malia and um, Sasha and Michelle. And I don't know. That hit me because I'm a daddy's girl. So I was like, Oh my God, they're so cute. And Michelle coming out with like guns blazing about, you know, like responding to, you know, the presidential debate. And it's just like she just she's so articulate. Like she just is hitting all the points that I cannot express. (laughs) Always. Yeah. It's just so. So she's just I'm going to miss her. (laughs) I actually think that they're going to be pretty present. I bet I bet POTUS is going to fall back. I think he needs some time off. I think they both are going to go to Hawaii for a minute. A while. Mm-hmm. Malia, is it Sasha? Is Malia the older one? Sasha the older one. Sasha's the younger one. So Malia, she's taking a year off and traveling. Right. <laughs> Which is so tight. Like Everybody wish- needs a gap year. I know. Everybody needs a gap year. Um, well, we were talking a little bit about... Or you were talking... I haven't watched it, but I guess like Mary J. Blige and... Hillary Clinton had a date. Oh What's the 411? What is the 411? <laughs> the 411 is Mary J. Blige's new um, talk show on Apple Music. And all I have to say is watch out to today's show. Watch out Good Morning America. Watch out CBS. Because Mary's coming for your throne. And <laughs> she's so good. It was. What they talk about. Well, and also, like, how long is. The, what's the format? They're just sitting there. She is there a live crowd? Is it like the Rosie O'Donnell show? No, it is not a live. The View. Yeah, think Oprah Prime. Oh, like, okay. There's comfy no, chairs. Comfy chairs. Intimate. Intimate. Mary gets the exclusives. And you know, it's it, to me, it's some of the one of the best interviews that I've seen with Hillary because um, she is clearly like 
not out of her element, but the context of the interview is in such contrast with the rest of how they kept... Because there's really not been a lot of pop culture, per se, in this presidential election. When you had... Um, in 08 and 04, you had like Will I Am producing songs and like all of these celebrities. And this race has been really contentious and there's been no room for levity. And you know, I mean, there's some important things happening, but also it's like, you know, the election is supposed to be inspiring and bringing people to you, you know, like bringing people into the fold as opposed to like separating and dividing us into like camps. Mm. Um, and this was just one of those good pop culture election moments where you're like, what exactly is Mary going to say? <laughs> and Mary well, talked about everything. She did. had some good moments. Was this the first epi- installation of that series? It is. Oh, yeah, really? It was the oh, first wow. one. And I was like, she got Hillary for the first show. But, you know, my favorite, I have a couple favorite moments. Everybody clowned Mary because she sang a Bruce Springsteen song. In the form of a question. I mean, she asked a question in the form of a song. I think. I think that's the. I, that's what I saw about it. Is everyone's like, "What is Hillary doing? I mean, yeah. what is Mary doing?" And it was like the. Pre- this is. I think this is Apple's problem because the editing, like, kind of was cringe-inducing. Like, oh, like Mary, what exactly is happening? But once you watch it, and put it in the context, of course, it's brilliant. Mary has a beautiful voice. Um, she. She does, and she needs no <laughs> no cleaning up. Like her voice is just flawless in this interview, and it was cool. And you know, I love how Mary um, asks like a lot of questions that like I've already been asked before, right? But it was like like what through What's the context a question of, that's already been asked before, like you know, and how is it different because it was Mary J. Blige asking it, right? Well, you know, like one of my favorite questions because <laughs> I didn't watch it was. Uh, she was like, people talk about like your personal life. And she was like, I'm a celebrity. She was like, I'm going through a terrible divorce right now. And oh, I'm Mary like, J is. Yeah, Mary oh, J is going damn. through She's like, I'm going through a terrible divorce. She was like, how do you put up with, you know, your public life? I mean, your private life being so public. And I was like, that is a great question. And it's being asked by someone who's also been in that position. Mm. And so there's almost a, like Mary J. Blige has something to learn from Hillary Clinton. And Hillary, like they, they talk to each other, not as peers per se, but people in the public eye. Mm. Um, and it's nice because it feels like there's less of a guard, you know, like the, it feels like there's less of a stock answer. Um, and sometimes she did fall back into it, but you know, Who's, she was like, who did Hillary. Oh, um, but then, you know, so how did she answer that? She was like, you know, I I know who I am. She was like, I um, she was like, you know, I am a public person and comes with that space. Um, but you know, you just sort of like have to have to deal with it. She was like, but most people don't know what's happening, and they overreport what they they don't know and underreport what they do know. Um, and she was like, but that's part of being public. And she was like, I have to deal with it because I have other things that I want to do. And I was like, you know, that's a cool answer. Um, and I just like loved the intimacy between the two of them. Like it was just like two homegirls kicking it on Mary's couch. So Hillary Clinton, I my, my dumbass went to Treasure Island Music Festival last year. And I was working at a pretty popular restaurant. And my homegirl... <laughs> who also worked there, she's like, you are never going to guess who came in. And, like, we've had all kinds of people go in there from, like, you know, Conan O'Brien to, um, like, Aziz Ansari and, you know, really, really fun. But um, Casual pop-ins. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, but this one's big. Like, you are 
this is so you. And Hillary had come in. And the night before is funny because, never mind, I won't, I won't say that part. <laughs> uh, anyways, my, someone, someone hinted like, oh, you know, <laughs> ah, whatever. <laughs> That's too, too insider, too insider. But um, she's like, yeah, Hillary Clinton came in and, and my jaw dropped because I was like, oh, this is way before, actually, maybe this is like two years ago. Uh-huh. I bet it's two years ago because it was way before she was talking about being president. And, um, and she's like, yeah, she's like, she came in the side door and, um, like secret service, like sat down at a, you know, or they were just standing in the corner, hella awkward. And she was just like, they were just so dope. She had dinner with two friends, two homegirls. They exchanged like Hermes scarfs, you know, (laughs) and they were just laughing and drinking and having a good time. And that was it. And it was like, oh, I was just so stoked to hear that. Because everyone was like, oh, she was so nice. And and I don't know. Everyone just had nothing but, like, really positive things to say about her. Like, she just seemed like she was having a great time with her with her friends. Yeah. And that's, like, a... Like, my dad was really excited to... He was just talking about Hillary one day. And he's like, yeah, I'm so... Like, I'm excited to see what she has to say for during the debate. Because... Because she's from the same part of the country that I'm from. You know, my dad grew up outside of Chicago in like a small suburb outside of Chicago. And he's a baby boomer. And I think Hillary is a couple years older than my dad. So she's a baby boomer, too. And he was like, yeah, she comes from like a part of the country that's like super humble beginnings. And like people don't know enough of that side about her. And, you know, I think that she talked about her mom. Yeah. She talked about being a mom and talking about her her daughter's relationship with her her mom, so her grandmother, and how they were like they talked to each other every day, and I, and you know, maybe it's asking a lot because we're asking them to do a lot of work for us, right? But we also want to know this is someone who's going to be in our life for the next four to eight years, right? Almost on a daily basis, and the question is, are like, are, is this someone I can kick it with, or is this someone I can hang with, or? Not even that, it's just something that I understand. Like, I need to be able to understand, like, how you process things um, and what your day-to-day looks like because I want to be around somebody like that. And, you know, I mean, we asked for, like, this big juggling act, but I just hadn't felt like there was enough, like, intimate moments in the campaign from anything um, that I'd seen outside of, like, crazy rhetoric and... You yeah, know. there's never been a second for us to just like breathe, right? I was like, can we just <laughs> it's kick like it for a minute? Constant. Yeah, I'll just. So she was kicking it with Mary J. Blige, and yeah, and it wasn't the end of the world, right? Right. <laughs> and they had some awkward moments because let's face it, we all do sometimes. Yeah, and you know she was on Between Two Ferns, and I don't necessarily watch the show all the time. Oh, I thought that was awful. I did watch that one. I didn't think that was very good. It was like to me though, it's so forced. Like, it was. She just didn't give any answers, which was the best. She just gave him looks. <laughs> I was like. That's exactly what I would do in those moments. I don't need to answer that. I don't need to put up with that. <laughs> which, is, which is exactly what I like. Um, I... It's all about guarding your space. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do not have to put up with that. Um, well, you know, we're thinking about a lot of people. I want to listen to one. Talking about a lot of people. Um, we're talking about life. Uh-huh. Life as Dwayne. Life as Melly G. Uh-huh. And the catalyst for that was uh, Solange dropping her new album. Um, but also, uh, I wanted to just do a little shout out for Kashif, who is um, 
the one who helped us learn Whitney Houston. <laughs> and it, he was a big part of Whitney Houston's early career. So let's listen to a little bit of Baby Girl. And this is Melly G and Dwayne on today's The Aprecio Show. Thanks for listening.
Welcome back. Uh, this is Keshi from the background with Stone Cold Love. And if you guys don't, or sorry, just Stone Love. <laughs> Released in 1983. Um, if you don't listen to him, um, give him a listen. I can already like hear with some of the tracks that we've played just like how he's influenced. Um, just today's R&B. Guarantee you next five years, Kanye will sample his ass. <laughs> Guaranteed. Um, so I just wanted, since we have just a couple minutes left, and we're talking about uh, Solange's album and Dwayne's, you know, just experience, my experience of just being my alive. Blessings. My blessings from Solange. Our <laughs> blessings. But um, but yeah, his home, Dwayne's homegirl is moderating a panel at South by South Lawn, which is... Um, uh, I guess like a, a small intimate conference at the White House and we were both just kind of sitting here kind of like in awe of uh, Dwayne's friend Jenna who's a writer for the New York Times and you guys should keep up with um, her voice because she voices a lot of really personal and relevant perspectives of being uh, 
a woman, brown woman in the context of tech and mainstream queer media, woman. queer woman, so many different layers. Um, and she's got a pod. I feel like you referenced her podcast. I did. What's the name of her podcast? Still Processing. Yeah, so it's a new podcast that her and another New York Times culture writer. Wesley Morris. Wesley Morris. He's a yeah. culture critic at large. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, they're they're both. They're killing um, it. Yeah. Anyways, yes, they're killing it and everyone should take a listen. But Dwayne was just saying how, like, I don't know. What were you just saying about Jenna's voice? Because I want you to say it. Oh, it was just that I was during the musical intermission that we, we Which were is jamming. really when the best, <laughs> juiciest. Uh, we were just scrolling through in. Instagram and we saw the the Instagram stories. Um, and she's just like chilling with her family um, after the panel on the lawn. And I was like, this is so surreal. Jenna is, yeah. Yeah, and I was just saying how I love listening to her podcast because we were, it feels like we're, I'm talking to her on the telephone and we're laughing at the same jokes, but everybody else is on a big conference call, which is really funny because we've known each other for years. Um, <laughs> that but I think, I think that that's, I, I wanted you to say that because I feel like that's exactly what is so special about pieces like a seat at the table, you know, and like albums like this is that you're, you're like, yeah, well, you know, it's not like these things haven't been said or it's not like artists haven't expressed, you know, themselves through music before, but it's not about that. It's about like saying it again. And it's about emphasizing the fact that these are things reinforcing the fact that these, these are conversations that we're all having with our friends. And oftentimes we feel like they're, not uh significant because we're preaching the choir like we're just talking amongst like-minded folks and so like our friends so like what is what's the power in that and i think that this reinforces that is that you know yeah you and jenna have spoken the things that you guys talk about intimately and in private you know now are being discussed on a grander scale nationwide a world global scale now Mm -hmm. you know and um and that's why it's important to have these conversations y'all it's so cool. It's so rad. And you know, it's one of the things that I took away from traveling so much for this year is that the U.S. is such a huge, like, global, like, cultural influence that, like, the protests and the movements that we have here reverberate to, like, other cultures and other societies and influence how they have those debates. So that's why all of these conversations are so important. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, from Solange's album you know, people are listening to Slash's album in the favela in Rio right now, like getting their life also. And they're like, you know, when we protest and we hold up a sign in the street, we're holding these signs up for other people also. And it's, it's a, it's important conversation to have. It's rad. And that's why I think it's, that's why it's important to always speak your mind, man. That's right. And always just be true to yourself and like, just be honest. You know, I don't think Solange is saying anything on the benefit of anybody else outside of herself like she's just trying to she's talking about her experience and it just so happens not to say just so happens but a lot of people share that experience yeah it's like like miss tina said you know (laughs) you always i I love miss tina say it again but like miss tina said you know it's not putting down other cultures it's just saying that like black is beautiful and to expand that brown is beautiful like you don't have to not appreciate it and that's not like saying this is better than this it's like there's a seat at the table for everybody and there's so much to love let's do it let's do it well Dwayne it was so much fun having you on the show and uh, I look forward to 
inviting you back. There's still a few things that I feel like <laughs> I didn't have a chance to ask you. And um, I'm sure... I'm sure we'll have time to talk about it in the near future. You know, this really brings us back to the beginning of our friendship when you would come over oh to my, my house and we'd watch The View and eat biscuits because you were vegan. And, and I, homemade jam. And homemade jam. You had and, to throw um, in the vegan part. <laughs> <laughs> it was when Dwayne moonlighted as a vegan. <laughs> he'd pass out. It's called a luminose diet. Facing yourselves. <laughs> Well, you know what? I feel like this is just the beginning, um, the, the, the tip of the iceberg. And um, I look forward to sharing um, more conversations with you. And I look forward to coming over for dinner tonight. Thanks for inviting right. me and making a space for me at the table, Dwayne. Cute. Thank you, baby. All right. This is, uh, we're going to just close it out with um, uh, a final Solange track. There's so many. Um, but yeah, if you guys haven't had a chance, please listen to uh, Solange's new album, A Seat at the Table, featuring artists like Devante Hines, also known as Blood Orange, Kalela, Samfa, Raphael Sadiq, uh, Tweet, and so many more. This has been a blast. See you next week on the Te Aprecio Show. Uh, ciao. Ciao for now. First one to go, first one to put away Let's go to moonlight Then they will never find Let's go alone, free from the mother mind Come on alone, 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 alone Yeah.